Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After Friday's price action and Wednesdays and Thursdays, it's hard to imagine that we were actually green for the week. We were green by about 50 handles. But is the Friday sell-off going to turn into a Monday route? Well, we're off the lows of the session, but we haven't gone green yet. I would take a tick gain. Settle above 53 and a quarter, 53 and a half. Can we get to Thursday or Friday without another earnings warning? I mean, just keep things quiet, at least till we get to CPI on Thursday. We got a big week, folks. We got to hold those lows from last week. Mitch, get us started with pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. morning everybody uh, i'm serious i'm not serious i'm in a great mood here on this monday morning uh s&p futures down six and a quarter uh at uh 36 gotta get green first things first 53 and a quarter was the close the buck doesn't want to stop here didn't even blink at that 50 percent retracement of the recent break up 27 cents at 112.95 tlt i mean we know where that's hanging out near the low of the move down 48 cents at 100.51 crude still hanging on to those opec plus gains but we got a little bit of a red candle down 52 cents at 92.12 uh gold going opposite way of the buck down 25 bucks 1684.30 Bitcoin, that's in the red too. Uh, by what, 400 bucks, 19855 Bitcoin, or excuse me, that was silver. Whew, that was wrong. Silver's in the red by 40 cents, 1985. Bitcoin's just down $115, 1829. 
and then Ethereum, that's down $15 at $1,309.50. We're going to bring in Triple D and, and uh, Mitch here, and we have a very important question for Dennis. Dennis, are you ready for this question? What's up? So it's the Canadian Thanksgiving. Yes. So for the Canadian Thanksgiving, do you eat turkey or Canadian geese? All of the above. Really? Not, not polar bear? No polar bear. Actually, no. I've never ate Canadian geese either, but it's probably... <laughs> I think you can eat it. Um, I don't what about know. black bear? You can eat goose. I don't know if that's Canada goose. Yeah. No, no black How's bear. How's that stock doing? Some people yeah, do. Some people Some people eat black bear. I'm have you ever had some bear? I'm pretty... The, the problem with me when you ask me stuff is I'm, I'm such an Americanized Canadian. So, and the reason for that is I was born when, you know, winter, which is literally a suburb of Detroit. We consider, we cheer for all the Detroit teams. I mean, oh. you know, that's why, you know, everybody calls Windsor. They kind of don't even really consider it part of Canada sometimes. The auto city, uh, you know, we supply all our parts, you know. Seven, eight thousand people work in the state. So, and then our television growing up because we didn't have streaming and all this, we're watching the antenna. So, we're literally watching Detroit television. So, I grew up watching Detroit television. When I come up and I've moved up to Georgian Bay, they say, You sound American. That's what they say to me. They say, I have an American accent. I was like, I don't think I have an American accent. I think I have a Canadian accent, but watch the TV all those years. You know, maybe we do. Windsor's a little bit different, um, so we do consider ourselves a little bit American. So I'm probably not the person to ask about all these hunting questions. Not a big hunter. Okay. Kind of a little bit more Americanized than your traditional Canadian, although I love hockey and I try to like the Lions. But I wore the hat just today, Joel, just because I didn't have it on. But, you know, bad teams find a way to lose. We can score 45 points and yeah, lose. And then we can score zero points the next week. So it's impressive, you know. Um, so I thought I'd just wear the hat just for those reasons. Give us uh, give us something. Uh, and the hat. And the hair is really, really bad. Yeah, today, really, so I know. I wasn't sure. You laughed at my hair this morning. I was like, I'm, now I'm really putting the Lions hat on. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to save you much, but uh... – Definitely, it looks like. Uh, let's get into the market talk. Um, sure. We got the dollar bouncing off. Um, will the dollar kind of get towards some new highs? That's what I'm keeping a close eye on right now. Um, looks like we got that bounce in the week last week. I've been looking at the DXY, uh, looking to see if it gets over 114.10. That was last week's high, and we did bounce off around the 110 right now. And DXY, we're at about 113.12. It's a trend. I mean, the dollar, we yeah. can keep looking at the dollar all we want. The dollar is simply inverted to you to, to the equity markets. It's been that way for 20 for, for 10 years. It's been that way for 10 years. You know, weaker dollar, strong equity markets. You know, it's not a coincidence. And you can say, oh, is it the chicken or the egg? Is the dry, dollar driving the equity markets? It probably flips back and forth to a certain extent, just like the futures. Futures traders, S&P futures traders say, we absolutely drive the equity markets. With equity markets, the traders will say, well, no, the futures. And it's a little bit of both. It's give and take. There's give and take. But whenever you see U.S. equity markets in you know, the gutter, which is what they are right now in a vicious bear market, the U.S. dollar is strong. And the reason for that is safety. They're looking, you know, when you're money manager, you're moving over to U.S. dollars. So you're going to see the U.S. dollar. That's the, the, the area where the whole world really considers it still the safety trade. So it's not surprising. So the U.S. dollar will remain strong as long as equity markets remain weak. So well, the inverse you... correlation is there. Chicken or the egg, I don't know which comes first, but 
That's what you need to know. Well, what changed last week? Well, we could definitely take a look at the trend in oil, right? That's definitely has been Not a helping. change in trend um, mm -hmm. starting to push. I was looking at WTI. It's at 92, looking to see if it can hold the pullbacks to 90. <laughs> and of course, um, it looks like we're getting a little bit of a pullback day today. But what do you see, Joel? When do they, I mean, OPEC plus says they're doing this, uh, but when, when like, do we get the actual numbers, like what, what they're doing or what to say they're doing? Is that like, will that be reflected? And like, it comes out on Tuesday and Wednesday, right? Yeah. Gonna, yeah. The inventory get, numbers. Yeah, I mean, numbers. I think, you know, they, they did it. They got their desired move, right? If you were fading that move, you got absolutely run over. They're pumping. I mean, I still think they're pumping at the highest levels that they can with crude at this price. So, um, you know, you can't stand in front of a, a moving train. I'll try. But uh, you got a pair of highs here, right? We've taken out Friday's high uh, just by a little bit. 93.31, 93.55. We're in the 92, lower 92 handle. So, I'll make 93 and a half a three star. And if it blows through there, then it's going to 95. So right now you have two highs in the same area. You're lower on the day. Uh, first red candle in a long time. So that that's my that that's my technical take. That, we talked about that inverse relationship that existed for a bit, and then it obviously everything started moving together as the VIX was starting to get higher here. You've got an inverse relationship. Um, and it was a couple people in the chat pointing it out on Friday. It's back. Oil rallying up and the equity markets are like, uh-oh, that's inflationary. So, I mean, it's not helping the cause. You know, we know oil has been helping the last couple of CPI reports. And it still might help this next one because the data lags so badly that you'd be looking at depressed oil prices probably in the next CPI report. But now you look beyond and you're like, okay, well, this move is going to show up somewhere else again. So it's so tough to just come in here. I, I just, again, you know, it brings us right back to, you know, and, and Mitch, I got to give you some props again. You know, you were you were dead right on Friday. I was wishy-washy. I'm like, I'm going market neutral because I don't know what this number is going to be like. They didn't like the number. And then you had nuclear war talk, and that didn't yeah, help the markets either. You know, we don't even want to get into that, but it did not help the markets. You know, the Biden comments about nuclear Armageddon, none of that helped the markets. You know, and you could clearly see the war trade starting to go back on Lockheed Martin, starting to catch a little bit of a bid. And then obviously oil prices as well. But, you know, that's a whole nother thing to worry about. And we've said on the show before, there's no sense worrying about nuclear war to a certain extent, because if we go into a nuclear war, we don't even have to worry about stocks. So we'll have a lot bigger concerns. So let's assume no nuclear war. And let's, you know, just look here. Still, the path obviously is not a good path here. You know, you look at earnings season coming. We get an earnings warning from AMD. It looks yeah. like it's going to be maybe okay. They're, it's down two bucks. Well, they're kind of taking stride. They just punished it all day. That is not the reaction. As a bull, or or even as a bear, as a bull, you do not want to see that reaction. You want to see, we talked about the silver lining market. There's going to be a lot of bad earnings warnings coming this earnings season. It's not going to be a good earnings season. I'm fairly confident of that. The market needs to start finding the silver lining, or otherwise these indices are going to be much lower after this earnings season. Yeah, market well, factors didn't help it. I mean, at all. It just so we we talked about it was hovering at the sixty four. We were looking at that before the number came out, and it still managed to like hang in there. 
but man, it, that that pivot area, I mean, 64, I think it opened right near that area. I mean, you just got to go to the monthlies now if you're AMD and maybe sit back and wait for the lower 50 handle. 5160 uh, was your low in July of 2020. Wow, getting to 2020 levels. I mean, and NVIDIA too. And, you know, and uh, what I want to say as well, you know, with, with these PEs, when you know, you're looking, oh, well, NVIDIA is cheap relative to itself. I mean, is it really? And Muhammad Alarian, I love Muhammad. There's a lot of people who come on CNBC and they don't know what they're talking about. Muhammad Alarian is not one of those people. We've had Muhammad Alarian on the show before. Um, you know, just interesting. And I only caught a little, little piece of it this morning because I was busy trading. But I just this one quote, I just wanted to repeat it. Um, they, you know, he's asking Joe Kernan, and, you know, and Muhammad's been bearish for, for quite a while here um, and, and correctly bearish. But he says that we're on a bumpy road to a new destination. And then he started talking about, you know, different valuations, you know, n- you know, not having easy money. And I mean, that is just the perfect analogy of what is happening here. I mean, we are revaluing stocks for new rates. That is really what is happening. We're revaluing stocks in a world where it's not free money. We're revaluing stocks in a world for 5% interest rates. That is a huge, huge difference. You revalue. I mean, interest rates drive the bus in the long run on everything. And you go from a risk-free rate of 0.5% up to 4%, and, and destination right now looking above 5 stock market's good. Stock market just gets killed. So it's it's just followed that path perfectly. I mean, the only way really to get back up to these 25 times, 27 times S&P multiples, which were absurd to begin with, is that rates actually come back down. And they might, because I think we're going to throw the economy into an ugly, ugly recession here because these rates are higher. But it's going to show up. The, the, the bumpy road to a new destination is a new destination of new multiples. So when you're looking and saying, hey, NVIDIA is cheap at 28 times because it was trading 45 times, is it? Is it cheap? Ask yourself those questions. You know, In a risk-free environment of 4% or even potentially 5% if we go another point, point and a half, the stock prices still look hell, still don't, don't look cheap. Dennis, you're talking about their monetary policy, and there's always two areas that we need to pay attention to, right? The monetary policy and the fiscal policy. Well, we got kind of a fiscal policy update here coming from the government about China tech down right now on export controls getting tougher as sweeping new U.S. regulations mean that companies must apply for a license if they want to sell certain advanced computing semiconductor or related manufacturing equipment to China. The U.S. announced on Friday the changes also mean that foreign companies will need a license if they use American tools to produce specific high-end chips for sale in China. This is one of those red flags that I've been waving for a while now that I feel like no one's truly paying attention to this. This in the long run, I think, is going to be a huge detrimental to the revenues of the semiconductor companies. Mitch, this is, this is another. There's just such a plethora of things going wrong to be an equity, like to be all in equities here. And China is a big concern here as well. And we've talked about, you know, the China concerns. And I mean... You know, you can talk deglobalization, you can talk all that stuff, but bottom line here <laughs> is there's supply chain issues, there's issues, there, obviously they still have that stupid zero COVID policy there, which is impossible and full of lies. So, I mean, you look at this China, FXI, and you think, huh, 
We're fifty dollars in April of twenty twenty one. Here we are a year and a half later. It's twenty five. We got cut in half. More. You gotta go back further on the chart because it's fifty two or fifty three. And then you look further and you look well in twenty sixteen, let's go back seven years ago. Let's go back six and a half years ago. We were twenty eight dollars at the low. Here we are six and a half years later and we're twenty five. I mean, China really didn't participate greatly in the previous seven-year bull run, and now it's making new lows. Do you think it's bad in the U.S.? It's a lot worse in, in, in overseas equity markets. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you, you know, investing overseas has been a, a punishment for basically a decade because of the underperformance. And now these, these, you know, stock, these, com- these countries are leading the performance on the downside. So there isn't a catch-up trade here. It's us trying to catch up to them to a certain extent because they keep leading the charge down. Europe's a mess. China's a mess. U.S. feels like a mess, but it isn't even that messy yet. Tough markets. Look at uh, look at that. I'm looking at the high in uh, uh, June of 2007. Or excuse me, October of 2007. It hit 72.26. Uh, so looking things on a relative basis. See, and there's another thing here. If you know, I don't want to bring it, spend the whole day on oil and stuff. But like you know, where you know, if, if China's not doing much, if the economy's shutting down, I mean, where is where you know, don't they use a little bit of oil? You know, is that uh, gonna have more supply on there? So I don't know. It's uh, well, they, and that's it's still, I'm, and that's why I've argued, you know, and I've been incorrect on oil for a long time. But I've argued if we go into this global recession here, which we are, I think there's less demand for oil. But you throw war into the equation, that changes things too. So that's a definitely something to consider. So yeah, you yeah, know, we got too. the Ukraine war. We don't know what China's thinking on Taiwan. Well, we know what they're thinking. We don't know what they're going to do. So I mean. War is a completely different animal here. Oil prices will definitely go up if war continues or if war escalates. So war appears to be not going away in Ukraine and Russia anytime soon. Seems to be getting worse, you know, with what you know the discussions are. But oil prices go up in a war. So that's one positive catalyst. But still, I'm not chasing oil here. I sold my oxy. It's one that I bought on the dip, which I bought a little bit too high, and then it's just had you know a move almost back up to the highs here. So I just am still on the bandwagon of long-term. I think we're going lower here. So I'm using reps to raise cash. Didn't Elon come up with uh, something to solve the Taiwan situation too over the weekend? Did I see that headline? I guess I'm the only one who saw that headline. I don't know. Elon tries to solve all the world's problems here. Yeah, he he answers to everything. Um, (laughs) uh, He he answered back to Kathy this weekend. He answered back to just about everything. Um, But let's go. Let's get into another headline here. Let's go to the pair of downgrades coming in the auto (laughs) from UBS. Uh, First one we'll talk about is Ford Motors. As uh, UBS downgrades Ford Motors to sell. And lowers price target to $10. Ford ranks behind GM in terms of North American EBIT margins. And in light of likely recessions, has the highest risk of testing break-even points in our views. And the downgrade uh, stated in the note, the European business could become loss-making against a difficult macro backdrop. A potential setback to restructuring achievements made. Who upgraded this last week? Wasn't it upgraded? Uh, 
Let me just I feel like right we talked about it on I'll the show. They right said quick, I would fade it. <laughs> I can look right quick. I think you're right. I, think I, I, like I remember Thursday. saying I would fade this because I don't think they're reading, you know, and I, and I talked about going into the auto lot and seeing pretty much Ghost Town. There you got is... uh, Morgan Stanley, I think, that came out on the 5th. And so I'll give you it right that now. That was the move up. Upgrade. Yeah. yeah, it's an upgrade they did from equal weight to overweight. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a bad call. It's it's three days later. It's three days later. We could already see it as a bad call. They came in selling that. These autos are going to be a mess. Sorry, you know, D Town. Sorry, Windsor. Um, I just see that bumpy path revaluation is going to really affect automotive purchases. I just don't think people are paying those amounts for these cars. I I think the rich are still going to buy them. There was obviously you know supply chain issues, so you know it looked like you know yeah we're still selling trucks like crazy. They're still selling cars like crazy, but that demand destruction is going to start to happen here, I believe. I think, you know, the market has priced a lot of that in. It's why I sold my GM and Ford a long time ago. Um, I think Ford is eventually single-digit stock. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll well, if some... you were, yeah, just if you're waiting here, uh, if you're so inclined to uh, play a gap fill here, you had a really nice move that was probably off the upgrade, and uh, you're filling the gap here at the 1159 area, so you're coming right back down here. The low of the move is just above 11. There's a, a you know a pair of lows, 1113, 1119, so... That's what you're looking at. Uh, it was stubborn last week. I was wondering if this was going to, you know, fill that had that little gap from when they gave the earnings warnings. But now we know why it wasn't filled. So recent low of the move, actual tick was uh, 11.13. And, of course, uh, there was comments over the weekend from Kathy Woods talking about how gas-powered autos are likely to plummet because of everyone shifting to electric vehicles. Elon tried to agree with that, but let's keep going with the UBS downgrade of GM from buy to neutral and lowering its price target from 56 to 38. 
Um, while we continue to like GM's EV momentum in 2023 with a strong IRA compliant launch uh, pipeline, the overall sector outlook for 2023 is deteriorating so fast that demand destruction seems inevitable at a time when supply is improving. There you we, go. And then That's they exactly also stated that they expect EPS to more than half for next year. I think so. Uh, I'm right there. UBS, right. Morgan Stanley, wrong. That's my yeah, opinion. I, Kathy will be right here. Kathy will absolutely be right with those comments. She is so early. So she early. is so early and trading, you know, and buying these things at just such ridiculous valuations. She is so early. The global recession <laughs> is just going to punish her. Um, I tried to buy ARKK for a day. I got up like 5% a day. I was like, oh, this is good. And then you start. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how these swing longs work. You know, you oh, try to man. go and, and man, literally that Tesla go. buy. That Tesla buy was not a good time. Oh, but, hey. I mean, she just, she's got her beliefs and, and maybe in the long run, and obviously she has the long run, she's going to be right. But maybe ARKK is like 10 bucks at that point in time. And then it goes from yeah. 10 to 40 and you're like, oh, she was right. But she's just too early, man. She, she's very right with the call. We will all switch to EVs. You know, I think 10 years from now, we're all driving EVs. So I I do, and that's why the long-term, you know, for oil <laughs> is not good. The long-term prospects here. But it's 10 years from now. You know. Dennis, Dennis, let's just be real. My car right now will probably still be driving in 10 years. I, I'm not going to just stop driving it because someone wants to drive an EV. Gas-powered cars are here to stay at least until they get taxed so hard that you can't have them. I think it's 10 years time. out. People who think it's a year out, and yeah, there is definitely more EVs on the road. You can slowly see this happening, but it's not going to just be boom, boom. And throw a global recession in the middle of it? Nobody's paying this for cars. These EVs are bloody expensive. This is not the time to be bullish EV. You know, the story was cool a year and a half ago. We were in better times, free money. No free money? I'm going to drive my cars too for a lot longer here, Mitch. I don't want to go pay right now. You know, the, what's the lightning? How much is that bloody lightning? I'd like love to 65,000. It. It's okay, Dennis. No How worries. much? 65 US. Yeah, That's like, like a 90 Canadian. 95. That's a base. Then good, you want to Dennis. put a few toys on that. You're over 100 <laughs> grand Canadian. You're way over 70 US. 75 US. Who's buying that in a recession? The rich people. But they're not everybody's rich. Yeah. Uh, I'm not driving an EV for a very long time. I don't even think they're fun to drive. And and I, I barely drive, so I'm going to use something that I think is fun to drive. They're kind I of fun. Be. They're kind of fun to drive. Uh, uh, what? Those plastic pedals that you just hit and you don't hear anything? The Tesla's nah. fun to drive. I've driven the Tesla. It's fun to drive. So uh, it is yeah. kind of fun. You know, uh, just I, like me. I, I, I drove the top too. Tesla, the yes. Still not nothing. I can me. absolutely guarantee that I will be driving a lower-priced EV in a lot sooner than 10 years, maybe five years. Oh, I think, I think so, Joel. I think you know what kind? What a, a golf cart, yeah, you're gonna, <laughs> uh, a man powered bike. <laughs> no, a golf e-bike. cart, man. You, Ooh, know, you, golf you know, the old people, you know, where they, you know, they live in hey, these places. Joel, and you go to take, Florida, they, they, it's yeah. not the old people, it's everybody. They just, yeah, drive around golf, the beach. I have a really in the sweet golf cart. one, no, man. Mine will have mine. <laughs> I will have. You know what? I'll make it. I'll like the Michigan football helmet. I'll get I it see. painted. 
like the front well, of the Michigan football helmet. That's my. I'll tell idea. you what. Just make sure that it's not a Rivian. It seems like because it looks like oh, Rivian is oh, doing a little recall here. Uh, Rivian announced voluntary recalls of its EV. It delivered its customers as they identified issues with a fastener, according to a letter sent by CEO. In rare occurrences, the nut could loosen fully. He added, "While we've only seen seven reports." potentially related to this issue across our fleet to data. Even one is too many. Remember, earlier in the week, last week, the company had affirmed its full-year production guidance of 25,000 units. I wonder if this is still in line. I love this news drop on Friday night this hit, too. And then it was like, we're recalling, I, I don't know if it's a small number, but it was like a number, you know, they were recalling, an, you know, it, it, it implied that it wasn't that many vehicles. And then you add it up, it's like, well, that's pretty much all your vehicles that you. They see. don't make that many vehicles. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, small number because you sell a small number. So you basically put out all these cars, which you know you're not putting out very many cars. Now you just recall them all. I'm like, holy mackerel, what a blank show there. So, anyways, whatever. It's down seven percent. Deserved valuation. It's still stupid in the stock. It obviously doesn't make any money. So. You can have at it. You know, that's what Dan Nathan says. Have at it if you want it. Not for me. I It had that pop last week, and there really wasn't a good area to, to sell into it And as far as the daily goes. But uh, it took out that low from Thursday and Friday. You're in the 31 and a half handle. I mean, if you want to, I don't know if you want to try and bring in a short. I don't know if I'd initiate a long in this thing, but you do have multiple lows. 3085 to 31 area, you know, that'd be getting it down a lot today. If you're looking for resistance, yeah, you might fill the gap there, a little bit of rally uh, up to 3301. That was yesterday's low. But as we speak today, there's multiple lows under $31 in our IVN. Okay, so it was the Rivian is recalling 13,000 vehicles after a very small number were found to have a structural issue. So maybe I confused it saying they were recalling a small number of no, it was a small number that had a structural issue. So they're basically calling all the vehicles. So, yeah, not, it, not good news. It, they said it's at least a quick fix that it'd only take like 30 minutes, but still, this is not what you want to be hearing, right? No, I heard more, an interesting more thing. Cash. I heard an interesting thing. I think it was headed to the pool on Saturday. Um, that uh, GM is just going out on this massive uh, hunt and recruiting for mechanics because they're saying that once we switch, oh, yeah. I don't know what I don't know if this is a good sign or not. Well, they got to retrain re- the mechanics. Exactly, they're retraining. Then, yeah, yeah, and that there is a massive shortage uh, yeah. for mechanics. They need to become so. more electricians than they are mechanics yeah. anymore. Once it goes to EVs, because they need to be so aware of what goes on in batteries that <sighs> you're going to need some retraining there. And I mean, that at least this opens up some more jobs. You know, uh, those schools, those tech schools will, will get a little uplift. Uh, let's keep going. Let's get What's to the PayPal next. PayPal news? They're all talking PayPal. Yeah, let's go PayPal right now. I got you. Uh, that's news? next up here. So PayPal is pulling back on a policy that would have fined users 2500 for spreading misinformation, claiming that the un- update had gone out in error. Former <laughs> PayPal president David Marcus even blasted the company over the implication that it could seize customers' money for finding their views objectionable. Of, co- 
they pulled this back real quick. Let's just put it this way, guys. It's went from growth stock to value stock to I don't know if anybody wants a stock, but it's hard <laughs> to find its way. Had a nice run July from 70 to 100. Everybody's like, oh, here's the comeback trail. They just don't come back. So, I mean, it absolutely needs to hold the 84.13. That's the low of the move. You do not want to see that taken out because if it takes up the 84.13, you start thinking about this thing back at 70 bucks. Could it go there? It could. I mean, go over recession, not good for buying stuff online either. So valuation has gotten reasonable, but in global recession, that E starts to come down, that P starts to PE starts to go up because of that. So I'm just holding off on PayPal. I don't think the story is anywhere from. Uh, I think the story is ice cold. Don't know about uh, you know that the 70 level that, that Dennis is talking about. It's getting hit quite a bit down 345. Uh, I would just look at it from a from a shorter term perspective. Maybe today. Um, Someone had been at 85 going all the way back to August. Uh, they nibbled a little bit in September. I uh, haven't been down there in October. So, uh, you know, if you had some puts or, um, you know, looking to perhaps start along, then, hey, we just popped here. Uh, well, not much, but 830. Yeah, uh, no yeah. we're trying to go side. green, man. We're, I think we're trying to go green. That is. That's all I want. I want a settle. Do we get something? Did Tudor no, Jones man. say something positive? At least there's no. nothing on my end here. Here's okay. the problem: is you had such an ugly tape on Friday. If we get any type of you know rally here, just going to be met with so many new sellers, including myself. So I, mean, <laughs> I look up there. You get near three sixty six, three sixty seven spy. Sell more stocks. Get back up to like 55% cash, you know, where I was at the peak, because I think we're going lower. So I think Mitch is right. I think I was wishy washy on that number, obviously. I said I was going market neutral. Wish I would have just been on Mitch's full on bear train there. I wanted to be bearish, but I just wasn't being allowed because I liked the tape. I liked the price action before that. Price action on Friday changed everything. So now you got a whole bunch of bulls that were thinking, ah, maybe the blow is in. They literally like Mitch for three days in there fourth fifth and sixth people are like well yeah yeah the lows may be in here but oh man bring on <laughs> boom oh man one day boom like cvs like do you want to invest in stocks oh, when you see crap like cvs yeah and i mean it, it, it's here's a stock that's got a low beta moves around you're sitting there you're kind of in it for the dividend a little bit two percent you know it's safety trade right i'm kind of safe where's cvs gonna go market gets really ugly you know it goes down a little bit but you know i'm pretty safe in there now boom pull the rug out from under this thing let's just let's just knock a year and a half of gains off this thing in one day yeah um this is just the this investing in a nutshell people who have these safety trades are getting beat up now too and they're like i just have a bad taste for stocks i mean xl you straight down for a month here now deserved because everybody's crowded into this and we're not considering that hey maybe higher rates aren't good for utilities but whatever you know they people were ignoring it ignoring it, ignoring it they're not ignoring it now so the safety trade is coming off here now too maybe that's you know meaning we're getting close to a bottom but again i see stuff like cvs i think you just turned a lot of investors off uh there was also an upgrade for toast if you guys don't know, Toast, that's T-O-S-T, T -O -S -T, uh, Mizuno upgrading Toast to buy and raising price target to 24. This is kind of Why? a payment. Um, so uh, they just see their, their margins uh, decent here. I mean, at least the chart doesn't look too bad. 
hanging on compared to great either. other software stocks. I mean, at least going sideways for the year. I mean, think about where it was at the beginning of 2022. It was only at 2053. So, I mean, technically didn't get destroyed like the other software throughout the year. It's got to get above 18 till it starts to even get interesting. And even if it sticks its nose above there, like Joel would say, let's get some closes. Let's get some support. Let's get something going above Is it 18. toast? <laughs> Otherwise, you're toast. Yeah. I have this valuation. I'm assuming I don't know anything about Like, I know this company, what it does, but I don't know anything really about valuation or anything. I'm assuming it doesn't make money. Um, I don't know. This is just not the stock to own going into a global recession. Yeah, getting a nice pop, 24,000 shares. Just We're not even in the 17 handle yet, but uh, Thursday's high, which was also the high for the week, uh, was 1852. What was that close on uh, on Thursday? Uh, 1794. So you're not even at the high close for the week, and that was a double close. 1787 Wednesday's close, 1794 Thursday's close. And of course, this week, we're going to have a lot of numbers hit the tape, right? There's a lot to keep on watch. We got Wednesday PPI will be coming through. We got on Thursday CPI and then Friday retail sales. So a lot coming through. Of course, consumer price index for September is expected to show a significant moderation on the year over year. It's supposed to come down to 8.1 from 8.3. When's when's the CPI? That's Thursday. Thursday. And so this is uh, big week. Big and then week, you get an earnings season on Friday and you're going to get into the banks. We probably should preview the banks. People were asking in the chat, what do you think about the bank earnings? One thing I'm going to say I'm fairly confident in is that investment banking earnings are going to be just Zero. slam. Horrible. Mm-hmm. So you got to get pick it up somewhere else. But the investment banks, the traditional ones, obviously, are going to get hit harder. I think the numbers are going to be absolutely terrible for investment banking. Think about you know the IPO market. IPO market. Think about think about just you know the capital markets all together. I mean, ooh, ooh. Now, I mean, there's not a lot of quarters that Goldman Sachs you know ever misses. I just don't know going into here. Is there a possibility that one of the big guns, one of the big investment banks, could miss here? Possible. If they if they can pull off rabbit out of the hat here and have good you know numbers, I'd be impressed. Yeah, you mentioned the IPO when we had Eric on. I mean, there's just absolutely nothing going on in the I- IPO market. Nothing. And then, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, these big houses that are, you know, managing the funds based on the percentage of assets. <laughs> well, the percentage of assets is going, going down. Going down. So it's still the same percentage, but uh, the assets are going down. Uh, well, the first one is uh, J.P. Morgan. And uh, thing to kind of tell on this, I mean, it it it's participated in some of the rallies, but where you know the S and P and you know a lot of other stocks, you know, took back uh, half of that move. I mean, you know, from the uh, you know even from the September high, this didn't even it didn't even sniff it. I mean, just uh, you know, lower high after lower high. Bank America just hanging out just above. We we got some optimism going on, folks. I don't know why. We got a rally. This ain't no rally. And you know what? There's nothing in there. Because if you tried to buy this market uh, on Friday going down through this area, there was nothing in there. There's nothing in here going off. And it seems like they kind of do it. They kind of, you know, they tease you. They let it get up into the open. And then 
kapow when the liquidity comes in. But uh, do we have Mr. Quast yet? Not yet. He hasn't. He's not in here just yet. He should be here soon. But um, one of the things that I think is interesting is the estimates, right? If we're only expecting uh, CPI to come down from 8.3 to 8.1, is it really coming down fast enough to even think about it being in like that it that it matters here a little part of me showing that just shows me that inflation is not coming down fast enough the, even the expectations aren't for it to come down it's fast not coming enough. down for, for sure it's not coming down fast we can't get out of the eights yeah i mean and so i mean this is gonna be a while man i mean i was expecting by september to see sevens but we're, we're still talking about eights it takes time for the fed's plan to work here and the plan will eventually work but just takes so much time and the consumer is bloody resilient so eventually they will break the consumer they they're creating like i mean again if you're buying stocks you're fighting the fed because as you know the consumer continues to spend as you get dis decent jobs numbers as you get the fed's like we got to tighten harder i mean this is such a weird recession that you know fed induced recession and you can blame the fed for it but they still don't have a choice they got to get inflation in check i don't know this is just such a weird recipe here like there's no and you can go back and look at stats say average bear markets nine months and you know and all this we're just in such a different environment and i know we say oh everybody always says it's different this time but the big difference here is is that all these other rallies are built on free money this is yeah. like the driver of it all it was QE, Joel, when we were coming out of the financial crisis, what brought us out of the financial crisis? QE. Money. Well, there might be one that brings easing. us back into it called the quantitative tightening, right? Yeah. I mean. Again, yeah. you, that might be it. So if there's the Fed staying on the gas, stocks still get kicked in the ass. There's a saying for you. All right, let's get out of the earnings for this week. Let's go to our guest today, of course. Guess what, guys? Hit the thumbs up. It's back. Market Structure Monday. All right. We got Tim Quas back in the hot chair. And of course, everyone's been asking me, where's Tim? Where's Tim? We need Market Structure Edge. I've been eating pasta, as you can tell. Oh, man. Share the love. Share the love. Nothing wrong with some this good is pasta. This is what this is what eating cacha el pepe and uh, amatriciano and oh, just <clears throat> you know this that's oh. this is what will happen to you uh, if you do that. So uh, I, I had to get back to Colorado uh, <clears throat> before I got any fatter. Yeah, the cold <laughs> is coming. It ain't going to help, right? I'm sure. <laughs> Somehow, Tim, I think you take pretty good care of yourself. He does. But, he uh, does. Here well, we are, um, and uh, we I wore the I wore the Italian shirt just for for you guys. You are always from, dressed to impress. What's that? A Bugatti from, or something? It's I can't remember. It's from Bellagio in uh, which is on Lake Como. And I'm not cool enough to wear this shirt, so so don't let it get out. I like but, I like the color. You're pretty cool. No, no self-respecting cool. uh, no self-respecting Italian would wear a t-shirt with it. You know, it's as the guy who sold it to me said, Oh no, 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 no. We wear it next to the body. Oh right? but I'm wearing a t-shirt. It's you gotta take it down a couple buttons, man. And then <laughs> show Miami us that. style. All right. Uh, Key data I'll tell you, the Italians Jim. are cool. 
<laughs> key data points on broad performance for year to year, hmm. year to date investors. I mean, I, I don't want to start, you know, tax selling. I mean, <laughs> that, that's what that's what uh, this is leading into. I mean, there's a lot of tax selling going to be going on. So uh, why don't you give us your perspective? Well, and you know, this all comes around to how to be successful as a trader. But I will. Here are your two Italian words for the day, and they will dovetail with what you were saying, Dennis, as I was waiting okay. uh, backstage. But uh, these are your words for the day: certo and chiaro. <clears throat> these are two of my favorite Italian words, and they mean certainly and clear. And what is certainly clear to me. Uh, is that the, the, I'm not going where you think, that the Nobel Committee for Economics is a confederacy of dunces because they awarded <laughs> uh, Ben Bernanke the, the Nobel Prize for Economics today. If you, you have missed that. that. Tim, that. Tim, stepping up to the plate, at least someone out there is willing. I, I just, I mean, nothing confirms the presence of idiocy more to me than that. And it, you know, dovetails with what you said, Dennis, we're, you know, if you, you look at what the, where the market is, we are 5% above the, where we, the, where we were, the or SPY or S, the S&P 500 was SPX, if you prefer, they close, closely track each other on February 14th, 2020. Uh, I like to make 5% a week trading. doesn't always work out. But uh, uh, this is after the, the most colossal Bernanke helicopter bend experiment in human history. It's been pervasive. And I realized that he wasn't given the, uh, the, the Nobel Prize for what he did in 2008 or his contributions uh, to, to efforts to address the pandemic. But it's going to get, as they've said on, on, on CNBC Squawk Box, it's going to get contextualized. The public is going to look at this and say, so let me get this straight, that the government uh, lauds and praises the central bankers who have just demolished purchasing power. It's pretty good in Europe for us uh, who use the dollar. But, but if you go to the grocery store, it's a, it's a mess. And then to your point, Joel, you were asking me about these, these data points. Well, and I can't take credit for these. Uh, Goldman Sachs came out with a whole litany of data points uh, this morning that I thought were pretty interesting. Here they are. So the, the average stock picking portfolio year to date is down 24.8%. Uh, the S&P 500 is down 25%. Uh, th there is your, you know, clanging klaxon indicating that there's a whole lot of closet indexing going on. But this is what these policies have wrought. So not only uh, does our money not go as far as it used to, but the market has been demolished. A 60-40 equity bond portfolio uh, is down on average 21% this year. Second worst on record going back to 1900. The only Crazy. worst year was 1974. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up on a cattle ranch and we had sold the ranch or we had leased the ranch with an option for the buyer to buy it or the lessor to buy it. And they backed out because the economy collapsed in 1974. Uh, and and th th this is the comparative. Uh, I, you know, we could we could go on with these uh, data points, what the expectation is for earnings. Uh, and I look at this and think, that, so you, you award the folks who created this, uh, this uh, policy that we just use money as the great panacea instead of value, and uh, I don't understand it. So uh, other than that, everything's fine. Uh, we, can <laughs> we can talk about what you do in these 
uh, circumstances. Uh, you know, I've I've done fine trading with supply and demand, not price. I think that those will always help you. Can we jump into the supply and demand and let's us go and look at the overall market or we can look at some of the big guns here too. Maybe we should go to Apple because yeah. we've got Apple earnings in a couple of weeks here. There yeah. is a lot of differing opinions here. Some people saying you got to own like Kramer, you got to own Apple. It's pulling back here. It's significantly off the highs. And then other people I you know on the other argument, which I'm on the other side saying that, hey, it's 24, 25 times earnings and there's no free money anymore. And could be a different right. case. What does the market structure show on Apple? And to me, I wrote about this uh, to to edge users in in the market desk note today. That what if 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 there has been one resounding lesson to me, I realize I'm biased. I think in terms of market structure uh, to, for for 2022 about the market, it's that price is a lousy indicator of what and when you should buy. I'm, and to your point, we could say, well, 24 times too expensive. What, how about 15 times? Is 15 times a fair multiple to put on a stock? Uh, or this stock is down 10% from where it was. I think that's an attractive entry point. I'm not saying that either of those uh, views are incorrect, but what are they based on? They're, they're based on comparative prices. That's it. And it's got nothing to do with supply and demand. And the stock market is driven by supply and demand, just like any market is. And we've learned that uh, that dumping money on an economy causes people not to work, which disrupts supply chains and drives up the prices of things. Uh, then we have too little supply, then we react to that, and we have too much supply. And the stock market is, is the same way. Um, you know, if you were going to buy Apple, you would want to buy rising demand and falling supply. And I don't, should you own Apple? Even Kramer, you know, I saw his latest ad. He's saying, not buy and hold, but buy and homework. Do your homework. So he's moved away from this idea of, I did a long time ago. I don't, I don't like the fact that the market is short-term, but it is. The rules advantage short-term participants. Does. The evidence abounds. All you have to do is look at who's rich in the equity market, like Ken Griffin yeah, and Jim Simons, sure. folks yeah. who have been very successful trading short-term. So if we look at Apple, here's price. This is a 30-day view. So from August 26th to October 7th through Friday, uh, that's price. The green part is demand. Five is the minimum. Five is the is the fulcrum for the teeter-totter. And it's not been above five at any point during that period of time. And here's the supply size. Supply is short volume, the amount of artificial liquidity in the marketplace. Well, supply is above trend and demand is at one. Am I going to buy that? No, I'm not going to buy it. I'm, it has nothing to do with whether Apple is a great company or not. It has to do with whether you can produce returns. We trade things to produce returns, either long or short, or you can say the gap between if you like to trade volatility. I use both. I use supply and demand and volatility. I like to buy and sell things that have 4% volatility because I can make two on it. And if you do that over and over, you can be very successful. To me, Apple is not the place to be right now. So it's tough to be bullish equities if you're bearish apple and this is just because right. you know us you know obviously the 
indexes are so heavily skewed to these five to six mega cap companies here. No, no question. And, and this is probably, you know, it, I mean, this earnings season, once we get into the, the thick yep. of it and you get the Apples and the Microsofts and the Googles and the Amazons, I mean, this is going to be what's going to drive the next move. So, I mean, I, let's just go to the next one. You know, let's just go Microsoft because Microsoft has been beat up here too. And are you seeing a similar story in Microsoft? I mean, the stock just is making new, it's trying to make a new 52-week low here. Yep. So, which is not good news from, you know, a technical perspective. But sometimes market structure tells a different story. Right. What do you see with Microsoft? And I, t- I completely agree, Dennis. That, that I, and it's one of the mantras that I repeat over and over, like a form of theology, having, having just visited Vatican City, uh, the, the, that, that the market cannot sustainably rise without tech. And it's because tech is such a, a large part of the market. Communication services, uh, the tech stocks that are in consumer discretionary, like Tesla, then you have the fangs, or whatever we call them. You know, we're, we haven't sorted out what name to put on these stocks now. But over here, this is, we'll go look at Microsoft. But here's the group. So I've got 11 stocks in this portfolio. So okay. it's tech dominated. Passive investment is the key behavior. It's been a seller. Well, how would I know? Because the, the demand side of the chart, putting those 11 together, has never gotten above five. Now it's rising. It's rising at the moment. But so is the supply side. If demand and supply rise at the same time, the likelihood that the prices rise is diminished. The prices stall out. It tells me passive money, the big portfolios are getting outflows, redemptions. They will be forced to sell things. If I'm an investor in a fund and I sell the stock of the fund, then the fund is going to have to sell the underlying assets. This is a basic mathematical fact. And I explain this to public companies all the time. Oh, our stock is down 30%, so we're going to target a bunch of investors. Well, good luck with that. If they have, if they have redemptions and outflows, they're not buyers, people. That's, that's, that's confusing, busy with productive. Uh, but you have to think about those things, traders. What is the big money doing if it's heavily exposed to tech? Well, it's got redemptions and tech is going to struggle. And if I look at Microsoft, so, you know, here you look by ticker, the mouse over that and we'll give you the name. It's at six and trending up and supply side is down. It's better. It's better than Apple. Uh, but still, let's look at the supply demand equation. That's the key to me. Here's, here's uh, demand. Demand's ticked up above five. It's the first indication that there's excess uh, supply or excess demand in that stock. But supply is up too. So that's long, short strategies. The, the likelihood that uh, Microsoft posts sustainable gains is very, very small. What you need to have gains is this. See how demand rose above five and supply was below trend? That'll give you a little gain. But the moment that, the, that supply rises and demand stalls or begins to fall, leave. Take your gains and don't come back until those conditions return. Because otherwise, you're just wasting money. You want to produce gains, not losses. At least I do. That's the same for me. So again, Dennis, I'd say while it's better than Apple, it's not where I would have money. Where would you have money? On the long side, where would you have money? Going yeah. into earnings season, too. Yeah. Right. It's earnings, that's we always tell folks, you know, beware of options expirations and beware of earnings because they can warp outcomes because there are bets tied to derivatives. So notice that this is today's list. 
I've only got two companies in here at the moment. There are others I like. I'm happy to show you where those are. But look at this. Demand is screaming way above five and supply is falling. Those are the conditions that produce returns. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what the broad market does. Uh, it's right. I, you know, I traded when the market was down 500 points and my positions were up. Uh, the, the, that's what you want. Not, maybe not a lot, but it doesn't take much. Uh, so, you know, I look here at the Marathon Petroleum. Uh, Denberry Resources is a harder trade because it's not very liquid. Trades 489,000 shares uh, daily on average, $4,600 a trade, 3.4% intraday volatile. I just want a piece of that. So if the stock's down 25 or 3%, I buy that because it, there's a supply-demand imbalance that I know is likely to benefit me within a day or so. And notice that fast trading machines are the lead behavior. Uh, if you look at the supply-demand balance in Denberry, you'll, you'll, uh, either of these is, is a good example. Here, I'm going to do it up here. Uh, I think it'll be easy Looks to like see. energy, energy, energy. Energy is, energy is still attractive, no matter what you see. I would say energy, financials, healthcare. Those are the sectors that show diverging supply and demand. Uh, and I will look for this. This is what I look for. And I, these are the things I trade. If something hits 10 and supply is falling, the probability of producing a return, no matter what the broad market does, within a couple of days is very high. The thing that everybody gets wrong is that they hang around too long. You, you gotta, if, you're, if your position's up 2 or 3%, take the gain, and let's go find another thing like that to trade. And if you repeat that over and over, you will be up while everybody else is down. Because you're not fixated on price, you're fixated on supply and demand. And those are just, timeless principles. I think you just made the point of 2022, and it's a traders. You've been making this point off and on for the last, you know, 17 minutes here, and it's correct. Yeah. You know, the traders who are making money, the Ken Griffins, the short-term traders, the day traders are doing well in this environment, and you know, the swing traders are struggling a little bit more because they're sticking maybe around for a little bit too long. Right. You get that gain. I've been saying it too. In 2022, you take the gains, or the market takes mm -hmm. them for you. If you stick yep. around too long those gains just evaporate away, especially on the long side, maybe not on the short side, but, you know, predominantly 90% of traders, you know, listening to the show a lot are mainly long, long traders. So, you know, we've got to talk from that perspective because, you know, even at Robinhood, they don't allow you to short stocks. So, I mean, yeah, you can buy some SQQ or something to try to get some exposure there. But right. um, for the most part, you know, there it's, it's a long, lonely market, but I think you've got to take the gains. I think it's a short-term trading environment. I mean, you get those gains. I just had Oxy. Um, you know, I yep. took some heat on it. It just had a ridiculous move. I mean, <laughs> from 57 to 72 in like eight trading sessions, it's like, oh, you don't get moves like this very often on the long side, even in oil stocks. I'm like, I've got to, you know, I don't want to stick around too long and just watch it pull the rug out from under me. And there you go. You're, the, the reason for those big gains is supply plunged way, way below trend down here. That's a big... Uh, if there if there's any increase in demand, there is going to be insufficient stock to satisfy it, and it will cause the price to rise very rapidly. And you saw that. Then demand soared. Now supply is way above trend. Uh, demand's still rising, but I would look at this and say, now is the time to take your gains and go find uh, another opportunity where this where these are diverging instead of starting to converge. But you're exactly right. I mean, it will. Th th that's why. There's a supply-demand divergence. If you look at the broad market, here's the problem. Why does the market struggle so much uh, to, to hold its gains? 
we've we've had some nice moves in the market here. This move that we had to begin October, new month, new money. But I can look at it and go, well, there's a supply deficit, and that's likely to produce a run. But we didn't have a lot of opportunities. There, you know, we I, I use machines for this. Give me big and stable stocks. Give me volatile tens, I call them. Give me momentum trades, and it was giving us nothing. And that was very telling. I told everybody, look, if you if you if you have a move, take the gains because these data are telling us it's very unstable. And here's the problem. So even though this is a big deficit, it's nowhere close to the one that we had back here. And if you go back to June, it's not even close to that one. So our our lows in supply are much higher. They're steadily higher, and that will undermine the broad market. And it all goes back to tech. If tech is not rising, there's going to be more money, long, short, global macro money that is short tech, and it's going to show up. And who's, who's winning this year? The average, again, the average stock picking fund is down 25%. The average global macro fund is up 32% because this is what they're doing. They're using these supply-demand imbalances to benefit their positions, and they're doing it by being short tech. <laughs> so we have to be aware of those things. Well, thank you for joining us today, Tim Quast. Like always, you guys can check out Market Structure Edge for yourself. If you guys want to have access to this data, check it on out. Appreciate it, Tim. Have Good a to great see one. you guys. Take care. Arrivederci. All right, let's keep it going, guys. Let's take a look at the overall market. Uh, last levels here from Joel Alcon. And what are you looking at, Joel? Uh, we're just floating higher. Uh, we got um, we got passed unchanged on this session. And uh, boom, they're just lifting offers here. There's nothing in here. Uh, Topsky mentioned uh, a level. And uh, I'm going to go with that, too, because I have um, – I have a weekly number and a daily number. They usually don't don't come uh, you know, don't always hit together, but with the crazy range that we had last week and then that big range that we had on Friday, uh I'd like to see what happens at uh, like 3680. I mean, I know that's only 16 handles away, but if we're going to That's the gonna... SPY chart. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, for the SPY, I got Oxy up there. Yeah, it's it's not too much. Uh, it's not too much higher than this. I mean, there's nothing in there. Maybe that would equate to uh, 370. Um, in the spider, uh, the S and P's, it comes out to 3680. So another 15 handles. So what's that? Another. 1.5 points, but that's what I'm looking at for the week. But not, not. I mean, we're coming off the lows, um, and not much up there is resistance. If we start to come back down, uh, always looking at that closing price of 53 and a quarter. But right now, they just seem to be right. lifting up. Did you get any buy balances or anything stick no, out to you? It doesn't even now? look like much buy balances. So... They're small. What 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 I am seeing, and you know, well, what you're seeing is just a bounce off the lows, and you know, you've got this support down there, 360. We know that, so I'm not surprised. You know, overnight that we get down there, we retest the lows again, really on the S and P, like mm -hmm. you know, 350. Like if you go to the futures chart, you can probably see a clear because buy maybe wasn't trading, you know, on some of those prices, but we're retesting those lows, and they're holding. Right um, I think you got to consider just so many people. You know, caught maybe a little bit on that number on Friday. It was really ugly. I think you have a whole new group of bag holders. So I started thinking about like the 50% retracement just from Friday. You know, I like that. 373 down to 362. Get up to 366, 367. I'm selling stocks. So I think we get up another 20, 30 handles from here. I'm selling the rip. 
And especially if I'm overweight stocks, I'm selling the rip rally right now. If I was overweight stocks, but I'm not, but I'd like to get up a little bit higher just to sell stocks and maybe initiate some shorts. We'll see what happens. I'm watching the dollars start ticking down there. Uh, that yeah, that's helping. Uh, yep. A little help there. Um, so I'll keep watch on that. And also uh, talked about crude uh, was pulling back, right? Keep your eyes on that, uh, that inverse relationship, right? Now it's starting to get a little bit of a spike, looks like towards 850. So I'll keep watch of energy also. Seems like that relationship has come back last week where oil up, market down. We'll see if that can continue this week. Anything else you guys got? Uh, no. You're really seeing tech kind of has turned here. When we started the show this morning, tech was getting beat up pretty good. Mm -hmm. Actually, you're starting to see it turn around here now. Um, if I'm just looking, though, it's kind of like, again, I'm going to go back to the, when the VIX is above 30, everything kind of moves together. You're kind of seeing this market still. Everything's moving together. Utilities are starting to catch a bit. Healthcare stocks. You're just seeing everything just kind of move together to a certain extent. But that inverse relationship with oil is definitely there too. But you know, here you are. Oil's you know up a little bit here again today. But equity markets are starting to go too. So system, everything's moving together. But I just don't see us out of the woods here by any means. I can't be. Everything's you know, uh, everything's fine and you know dandy until like someone comes out like AMD. That's you know, what happened. That, that's and, and you know, The problem, Joel, is there's going to be so many more AMDs. What happens if that's Apple? What happens if that's Microsoft? What mm -hmm. happens if that's Google? What I mean, I, it was bad enough with, uh, with AMD because if you think about yeah. it, that fundamental news came out Thursday after the close, right? Yep. And on the, on the show on Friday, we're like, why are we Trying unchanged? Why are we unchanged? Why are we unchanged? We're like, oh, we're going to get higher unemployment. That's why, you know, people know the number. And then the unemployment take down and the fundamentals, you know, came back into play. Uh, I'll, just before I let you go for you oil traders here, um, working on a red bar for the first time in over a week. I'd keep it. If you're looking for more follow through for Mitch's $180 target, um, you got to get through 93.50. Uh, that's a pair of highs from the last two sessions. So everyone have a great day. Back with you later on. See you, Joel. And of course, you guys can keep up with Joel at Pre-Market Prep Plus. And Dennis, have a great one. We'll see what happens Thanks, today. Mitch. Good luck, And keep everyone. battling. We'll see talking. what happens, like always. All right, team, let's keep battling. We're going to get you over now to live trading. And Zunade should be back. So I'm ready to go ahead and hop back into the driver's seat see what we can find see what trades are working of course energy was really hot last week will it continue that of course being pointed by uh market structure edge seems like energy seems to be the play what i will be looking at is maybe not some of the leading names maybe some of the laggard style like you saw mentioned there mpc we'll keep an eye out on some of these come on over to live trading action if you guys want to go ahead and see Lord Ryan, myself, and Zunaid do some trading today. Let's get into it. I'll see you guys right over.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.